podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Five Year Plan podcast. Up the mid table. Here we go. Here we Cycle go. Cycle to Europe. <laughs> it's pod. Oh, I should make a note of that. I should actually read out the link. I'll do it later. Um, it's pod three seven three. Ooh, wow! Indeed. And this week we've got two games to review. No goals. <laughs> Barely any action. <laughs> Please keep listening. Please keep listening. <laughs> but two points in the bag. Two very precious Ooh. points. And I'll be somehow finding something to talk about with Kevin Day. Hello to you. Hello there. How are you doing? Well, I'm sulking because James Endicott and I were not invited to take part in the <laughs> virtual cycle ride to Europe to raise funds because apparently we're too old. And and part of that was the implication. You, you can filled shake, in your own blanks there. You can shake your head as much as you want. I'll be filling in your blanks. <laughs> this that's, that sounds. <laughs> that isn't. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, that sounds just not something we want to go into. Um, Kevin, no, don't. Kev, I see. I'm rattled now because you threatened to fill in my blanks. I got in your face. I it, I've got up in your grill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, James Endicott is here as well. Hello to you. Hello, how are you, JD? <laughs> you look, I'm good. You look I'm really good. good in your cycling shorts, your virtual cycling <laughs> shorts, and your virtual cycling helmet. You look fantastic. I, I wish I had all those things. I'd look really good as well. I'd look rather buff, actually. I got a message. I got a message from uh, Andrew Street, who can't be here today. I bet uh, you who did. Who is taking part in uh, the Ride Europe, who... At one some point, wants to do the pod while riding on his bike in his like for shorts, doing riding. Of course, he is. Yeah, because he knew about it. Right, so, yeah. Eddie, Eddie so, is. I did podcasts while he was running twenty six marathons in twenty six days. So I'm sure. Go, uh, yeah, I'm sure we can talk to a breathless Andy Street. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jack Pierce is also here. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not sulking that I've not been invited to the cycling. I'm absolutely delighted to not be invited. Is the the correct answer, is the correct response, and would have led to a much less awkward intro to this podcast. Um, Can I get a shout-out to a random patron? Or can I get a drumroll, please, for the shout-out? It's Mr. Arthur Best Palmer. A B P to his mates, I'm sure. And uh you can join our patron <laughs> probably not Arthur, and get <laughs> probably just Arthur, Arthur to his mate, sure. Uh, yeah. Could be A B P I could be art. Yeah. I'd call him A B P personally. I'd call, call him the best. If that's yeah. the middle name, I'd call him the best. I was, yeah, yeah also good. 
also good. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, you can. <laughs> this is, this has been a mess of an intro. Um, that's right. There's can, no football to talk about. That's no, fine. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You can get all the rewards that ABP slash the best gets. At patreon.com forward slash FIP podcast, including uh, post match podcast, patron only merchandise, and the access to the WhatsApp club. And I'm going to now do this week's sponsor. So, and do you know what? Let, should we have a drum roll for the sponsor as well? Why not? Um, there we go. Unless it's, a drum, unless it's a drum company, is it? It should be. That would actually make way more sense. No, it is, of course, Eternity Home Finance. Oh. Uh, Croydon-based palace-supporting family-run mortgage and protection advisors company. And for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios, email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Um, shall we talk about some <laughs> okay. palace games? Mm. Uh, Kevin. Yeah. Mm. Two games this week. We delayed this week's podcast because there was a <laughs> midweek game. Uh, two nil-nil draws. One against Fulham. One against Man United. Two precious points. How did you see those games? The reaction after the Fulham game seemed to be everyone was very disappointed, but the reaction mm. after the Man United game was everyone was feeling positive, despite the same result. Yeah, I think if you'd offered us, before the Brighton, Fulham and Man United game, if you'd offered us a win and two draws... I think you'd happily have taken them in the assumption that we'd beat Fulham and the draw against Brighton and Manu would be would be good results. That I don't think the Fulham game deserves to be talked about. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> I think I think it has written itself out of history. I've got nothing but contempt for the Fulham game. Last night was was weird because for the first ten minutes we actually looked good. We looked on the front foot mainly because United kept accidentally giving the ball away. And then for 20 minutes, they looked like they were going to score every time they went forward. And then for the rest of the first half and the rest of the game, I thought we were easily as good as they were and probably deserved maybe to nick something out of it. Possibly a scintilla, a tad, a smidgen more creativity, more imagination would have been nice. But it was a fully deserved nil-nil draw. And the Fulham game was disappointing because I know they're a form team, but yeah, we've got to be better than that at home. But I was very pleased last night. And as you say, it's really, it's really odd that two identical results get such different reactions. Yeah, Enders, I, I didn't think the performances were that much different. I, I, I remember at half-time being fairly bored in the May United game. Um, I mean, to be honest, the whole Fulham game is very boring. But it should be said, the second <laughs> half against Man United was yeah. a bit more positive. Mm. Uh, as Kevin said, they did go for it a bit more. But there, was, there wasn't a huge difference between the two performances. But I guess the context of the, the opponents really is key here, isn't it? Because Man yeah. United is second in the form table. Definitely. Uh, they, they, they're now 21 games unbeaten away from home. <laughs> so it's a big, big point against them. Mm. Yeah, it's a big point against them. I think it's possibly... I mean, I was very disappointed with the Fulham game, as um, Kevin was. I mean, it was just it was just awful. It was an awful game of football. And the fact it was on... I mean, you know what was really interesting? I was watching the game last night with, um, with Travis, who's been on the pod a few times. And we were both saying that there was a time a couple of seasons ago when Palace were every, football's, every football fan's almost their second best team. They were their, their, the, the, the team that people like to watch. We were an entertaining team. And the last couple of games, we have been anything but entertaining. Uh, and that really irks me a little bit, because I think we're better than we've shown, especially on the BBC last Sunday, when it was, a, you know, it was a thing, here we are, we're on, and it was a dreadful game. Last night's game, yes, we played a lot better, but as a, a spectacle for a, your average football fan, it was a terrible game of football. 
It was a boring game of football. I mean, it was. It was a boring game of football. It was all right for us because, you know, we played well and, and we know and we're committed and we're, and, we're, and we're part of the furniture almost with the Palace. And we, and, and we know, we know it, was a good, it was good to not concede. But overall, I mean, those two games were, it was not entertainment. I mean, it was, I think it was Chloe, Chloe who does the pod. She said recently on, on our, one of our WhatsApp groups that she felt that she's only watching Palace at the moment through obligation rather than actually wanting to watch them. And I think that's <laughs> pretty much how yeah. everybody's feeling yeah. at the moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah, it. Be, be, be in the game, being in the game doesn't subject. help either. Thank you. Um, being oh, in the no. games doesn't help as well. I think you do feel an obligation to uh, to watch them, whatever happens. Uh, Jack, did you... Actually, Jack, I put a question to you from Jacqueline Ann Hart. Hi, Jacqueline. Hello, Jacqueline. Who uh, lives in uh, San Diego. So a question all the way from uh, sunny California. It says, did anyone else want the fog thicker before the game <laughs> based on the past two performances? Who would have thought we'd take four points off Man United? I mean, yeah, we, the, the fog was... It was almost like the fog was getting offended by the football as well and was just trying to come in and put a stop to it. Did, Jack, did you, did you find any entertainment from that Man United game? Uh, for the Man United game, I, I yeah, I was pleased that we we battled against um, you know one of the league's bigger and better sides. I mean, they were drastically dreadful. United, <laughs> they were really really bad. And you know, I think Solskjaer, who often backs his team up even after a bad performance, um, really couldn't find any positives after that performance. So, despite them being terrible, I was still impressed with our performance. But it was on the back of a you know quite a dire display against um, against Fulham. I mean, the fact that the consummate professional. Mark Chapman was basically laughing when it went back to the <laughs> half-time. And uh, the ever-excellent Alex Scott had literally nothing to say about the game other than a, you know, uh, a looking forward to uh, Line of Duties next series. Kind of said it all for, um, for what that, that first half, and it, and it didn't get any better, that second half from Palace's perspective. Fulham will be kicking themselves that they didn't you know, take the win from that game. And um, you know, in their position... They, they need to be winning games like that. Otherwise, despite playing nice football and you know looking decent and improved from what they were at the, um, the earlier part of the season, they, they will go down. Um, but I was yeah I was happy with last night's performance. You know we do lack quality in certain parts of the pitch. Um, without Wilf, you know our, our threat in the final third is, is diminished. But I felt that if um, if we'd had a little bit more poise in the final third, the the game was there to be won. And and I was pleased with the performance, but it wasn't you know much for the neutral. Um, and I think it was Andy Street who recently posed a question, um, are we the most uh, boring club within the Premier League at the moment? And I think, to the neutral, we probably are um, because of the nature of our play and the fact that 2 0 nils um, within four days has, has recently occurred, probably just hammers that home a little bit. But no, last night, not a dreadful performance, which was pleasing, but... Yeah, not exactly the most interesting 90 minutes. The, the, the Sky production team had obviously watched the game on Sunday, clearly, as they would. It's part of their job. But because they took on right from the start the lack of entertainment, they basically said from the start, don't, don't expect goals. And, and Martin Tyler, that was his narrative. You know, there's a lot of Palace fans who want entertainment, who want flair, but be careful what you wish for. It was the same on match today, too. They kept saying, well, yeah, they don't mm. play good football, but look where they are in the league table. But the, the thing is, down the right-hand side, that coming forward, they had nothing. It's like that, the goal we nearly nicked with Van Arnholt at the end. You kind of think, we could have tried that maybe once or twice a little bit earlier. It's like, it's a strange time to get... It's almost like Roy had said to them, well, the plan against Brighton worked, that we'll score a goal in the last, with the last <laughs> kick. That that worked. So let's let's wait for the last kick and then try and score a goal then. Because, you know, we had to... And 
And quite rightly, both Gary Neville and Martin Tyler kept talking about how McCarthy and Milivojevic were certain sort of midfield player. They weren't creative. And yet, Luca with that through ball, was a brilliant mm. creative, probably one of the passes of the night. So we can do it. That's where the frustration is when you think, well, come on, halfway through the first half, you think this is not a good United performance. We know that United always improve in the second half, but they didn't. If any team improved, it was yeah. it, it was us. And the one thing, that fog, I, I generally thought that shot, I think it was Greenwood had right at the end. I thought that had gone in because I couldn't see where the ball had gone. It was sort of fog, which is really annoying. But it's I, that, that is the little bit of frustration that we we do have creative players, and it's you know I thought I thought the shape was made much more sense last night with Townsend. You know Townsend playing that side was right. But again, what, what Gary Neville said about Eze as well is like you've got a player there who's got all that creative ability, but either isn't experienced enough at that level yet or is not encouraged to make those little runs that he was talking about. So that that's the frustration. It, it, it's a really good point against Man United on paper. The best away record in the in the Premier League, 21 wins, you know, going back a long time. So yeah, it's a good point, but it's just that slight frustration. If we if we'd nicked it, this would have been a Brighton style post match pod. And you know, we would <laughs> but we would have but you wouldn't say oh Palace didn't deserve to nick it at the end because I thought second half we, we were much much probably better than they were. They yeah they were there for the taking weren't they? They were there for the taking. Sorry. They were there for the taking. I mean they you know they said at the end I think it was Gary Neville said, you know, if Palace had have got a nick nicked it at the end, they would have deserved it. It would have been fine. It wouldn't yeah. have but yes, yeah. and I just—it's just a. I think obviously, and I know we keep going on about the crowds. I think if the crowd had been there against Man United, a home crowd on a cold, misty night like that, then we would have got on our team's backs, and we'd have we'd have pushed them and pressed them a lot harder. I think because we'd have been on their back as fans. Um, it's. I mean, I just think it's well, a shame. You know, Jake and James. Sorry, go on. When when you talked earlier about a lot of when you talk earlier about a lot of football fans, we were their second favourite team. Yeah. Like, but I don't think it was a team that was; it was the fans that were. Possibly, they loved yeah. they loved the atmosphere at Sellers Park okay, and what yeah. they got well, into, yeah. and they knew that they would. I think that's. But it was important because. But now, now you've taken that away. The only focus is on how dull the football yeah. is because <laughs> you can't see the. Yeah, exactly. The, do you know what I mean? You can't. Yeah, it's true. Can't. See the banners. It's always a really colourful, yeah, sure. colourful end. So that, I think that sort of focuses on. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I agree. Very good. Okay. Very good point. Go on, go on, Jack. Thank you, James. I was just going to say about just picking up Kev's point about Gary Neville. There, I, I th- it was obviously because United had come into town, but it was actually quite nice to have Gary Neville's opinion on Palace because mm. you know he very rarely yeah. does out games, and I do consider him to be the best kind of co-commentator in the game. He's very perceptive and, and puts his points across really well. It was really interesting to hear him talk about Eze. I thought that was a really valid point. And, and in fact, you know, it's almost like he scripted it because the following 30 seconds, Eze didn't really move. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah OK, you're, you're literally painting the picture of what you're saying here. And, and we're seeing it. And he's right. And that will come with Eze's um, experience in the, in the top tier. But also in the first half, uh, uh, Neville mentioned Kabai. And, yeah. um, you know, that's yeah. a point that, yeah. you know, yeah. you guys on the pod have made time and time again. Um, we haven't replaced Kabai since he went, and that's you know nearly three years ago since he left. And you know if, if Neville, who probably doesn't, I'm sure he watches a lot of Palace for preparation of other games he does. But in terms of you know watching Palace week in week out, it's, it's doubtful that he does. But for him to still see that gap in our team, I think says a lot. Um, and it, you know it was nice to see Luca play that really cutting pass in the last minute. But we don't do that often enough because typically we don't have that type of player. Um, sitting in the middle to to make those passes, um, but it was it, I quite enjoyed having Gary Neville talk about Palace and um, yeah, I, I I think he he was right when he said um, if we'd nicked it, well not nicked it at the end, yeah. if we'd won it at the end, I don't think United could have had 
any complaints. But that, that Eze thing is really interesting as well, because just a couple of minutes after they were talking about him, he got the ball on the halfway line with his back to goal, and he kept the ball for about 30 seconds, but facing our goal, eventually, you know, the United players around, he was really comfortable, really easy, really relaxed, and I think eventually he picked out Chiarty, uh, but you kind of think, we want him doing that facing the other way, yeah, and that, but that, but I see, I don't. That's not his issue. That's that's where you just think, just let let the reins out a little bit, let, let the break off a little bit, and then because we know he can do it, we know he's comfortable. But I mean, having I said he played, that, well, I, he did play. He was I mean, far more two, effective. Yeah, yeah, but the two, everyone, no one had a bad game. I mean, it's 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 noticeable. The two best players by a mile for me were Wardy and Kiati, which which says something about the the nature I mean United still have much more of the ball than we did and we allowed them to play in front of us but I thought Kiatu was out Wardy I think I owe an apology to really because I would have offloaded him happily two seasons ago basically and he's he's retained his quality if anything I think he's got better in the last in the last few performances he, he doesn't look out of place at all at, at that level you know I know that uh, Jack is absolutely itching to talk about Joel Ward um <laughs> And we do, we uh, do have a question about him from Robbie Scott. who says, "Is that hi, the Robbie. best?" Hi, Robbie. Is this the best Joel Ward has played for us? But I, I know that you're a big Joel Ward fan, Jack, aren't you? I love Joel Ward, um, or to give him his full name, Joel Edward Philip Ward, which is uh, what, I, <laughs> what I and his parents call him. Um, I, I mean, I, I've really loved Joel Ward since he joined us. He's one of those players that you can just get behind. He, he tries. So I won't say 110 percent because it doesn't exist. He, he tries the full amount he can, 100 percent. Um, and you know he he is limited in some regards, but equally I think he's a very competent Premier League right back. And I think um, the the desire of some fans for us to play a more expansive style has often seen him come under the spotlight more than he probably yeah. warrants over yeah, the agreed. years. Yeah. Um, but to, not to want to reuse uh, a, a very poor Twitter gag I I tried last night, but. There was a fifty million pound right back on the pitch last night, and Aaron Wambasaka started for Man United. So, <laughs> you know, I was um, I was absolutely delighted that he played so well because I think it's performances like that that give him um, give him the praise that I think sometimes goes um, goes missing. It's been great to have Klein back this season. I think we've seen that Klein is a very high quality defender, but I don't think that should detract from from the offer um, that, that Joel Ward brings to the squad. And it is the squad that I think you need to think about when you talk about Joel Ward. In that, if he starts, he's going to be good. But if he's not starting, he won't cause a problem for the management. And, um, you know, if, if it's a case of yes or no for him to have a new contract, I think it's a, it's a no-brainer for him to get another year because that's, you know, saving us money in terms of, of, of investing if, if we don't need to. And if we could put that money elsewhere in the squad, the fact he can play on both flanks as a fullback um, is, is helpful. I think we know that PVA is, is probably more likely to be leaving. Um, so that, you know, you have got Tyreek Mitchell, you've got um, hopefully Nathan Ferguson coming in. So if, if Ward and or Klein were to stay in terms of adding experience and depth to those positions, I think it makes sense. I think it means that the money can be perhaps be spent in other areas where we need a bit more investment and a bit more Midfield. Um, well, not, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Midfield. But no, I, I, I thought, I thought 50, he was absolutely superb last night. If we can get 50 million quid for him, sell him. <laughs> <laughs> so we, can, we can buy four players. Well, he's, almost, Kevin, he's almost priceless to Palace, really, when you think about what well, we paid for him. He's priceless to Jack, obviously. So <laughs> <laughs> clearly and, and his mum and dad. And his mum and dad. <laughs> his mum and dad. He'll go down, I said this on the post-match party, he'll go down for me, at the same level as Julian Speroni in terms of what he's done for the club. When you think about how long he's been here, that header on the line in the playoff final, you know, he's been there for the big moments for Palace and for 400 grand, 
Celsius says it every time, you know, pound for pound, probably the best ever signing or best value signing for Palace. Yeah, well, uh, that, that interception he made last night of halfway oh, through the first oh, half was incredible. Was, superb. Absolutely I think, superb. I think Jack, Jack put, hits the nail on the head, though, because he's just the fact is that fullbacks now are much more than fullbacks, aren't they? And he's a, he's a good competent fullback but just getting forward you don't see enough of him because he hasn't quite got that pace to to add that to his role but yeah he is again he's one of those players that when he's you know there's no there's no Joel Ward t-shirts now there'll be loads of them you know for his testimonial when he finally leaves he'll be one of those players we all go oh, I wish we still had Joel Ward he was you know the same people that were shouting at him stop trundling down that line you lazy we're going oh what a player he was basically me I'm talking about you're talking about he's up again I was going to say Always about talking me. about yourself. Yeah, <laughs> he's never he's uh, he's never let us down, Joel Ward. And I think you know I don't think you can ever ever sort of level that against third, him. He's... Third most Premier League appearances for Palace, second most wins. So oh, he, really? He's been around. Yeah, he's been around. He's um, he's behind Wilf and uh, James MacArthur for appearances, and he's behind just Wilf for wins. So wow, you know, I, I think I, I'm not one for the Premier League era stats, but given that's the era that he's played in, I think it's yeah, uh, a fair yeah. usage of um, mm. of numbers. And uh, yeah, I, I think. He will go down very, very favourably with Palace fans in the future, and whether he leaves this summer or in the future, whenever he, you know, his time in, in uh, South London does end, I, I think it, there'll only be positive things for Palace mm. fans to say about him. Uh, do also, yeah. if anyone's listening, do check out our podcast that we had Joel on last Christmas before last, Christmas 2019, because uh, he's a very nice guy and it was a very nice chat to him. So if you are a Wardy fan, and why wouldn't you be, then do go into the archives and check out that episode with Joel. He's also it was devilishly great. handsome. He's also got that element. <laughs> whoa, you know, whoa, 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 Jack. <laughs> he's the full package. He's the full package. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, you know, he's not on. lying, James. It's, I know he's not lying. He's just getting a little bit personal, isn't he, now? <laughs> yeah, well, sorry. No. Yeah, he's a, he's a human being, Jay. He's not an object. He's a human being. Please. The fat, the fanboy is. Um, sorry, I'm treading on eggshells here. I would say stalker, actually, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Enders, let, we're going to round off part one in a bit. Um, yeah. But just just to bring it back to a point that Kevin was making earlier, and I was sort of thinking as he was talking that we we get as Palace fans, we do get a lot of conflicting messages because. We, the message from the chairman for a long time has been be ambitious. There's nothing wrong with being ambitious, looking up. And that has created a culture, I think, of a lot of Palace fans wanting more than they have at the moment. Yeah. And yet you've got the manager who a few weeks ago said, be careful what you wish for, and cited Charlton and Alan Kirbishley. Yeah. Um, and so you've got you've got very sort of mixed messages as to what we want as a club. And I think that is that combined with not being at the ground and the pandemic, I think is leading to a lot of clashes amongst Palace fans, yeah. almost a clash of culture sort of inside <laughs> the club. Uh, mm. People getting confused as to what we want. Like it, the Man United game, on, on the one hand, you're, and the Fulham game, you want to be really pleased that we were resolute and dogged and yeah. we kept two foreign teams out. And on the flip side, you're really angry that we didn't mm. smash Fulham or get anything yeah. from Man United. It's really mm. confusing at the moment to work out how to feel about the way Palace are as a team. Yeah, that's a really confusing question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and Pete would have just said yes. Well, of course he would have, because he has, he has no humour. Um, uh, <laughs> it is, it's a very weird situation. And yes, it is, all this is all highlighted by the fact that there are no fans in the ground. And I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that never get to see Palace, you know, because mm. they live in the different parts of the world. So please forgive this. I've thought about this the other day, actually. I often moan about the fact that we can't get in the grounds and can't see the games. A lot of people never get a chance. So, But yeah. saying that, the fans do make a difference. I think when you're there, I think if we'd have been at that game last night, 
we'd have walked away and almost like with our chests out and maybe yeah that was mm. a good that was a good solid performance yet there were people moaning on Twitter and on other social media and I think we'd have been really proud of our team against you know we'd have seen the likes we'd have seen Cavani at Sellers mm. Park I mean yeah. we'd have got yeah. and we'd have seen these great players and uh, you know and I think there's a, a real difference of how you feel as it was we're all sat on our sofa watching it and we try not to drop off to be honest because it was you know it wasn't entertaining <laughs> At the same at the same time, you've got to be proud of the team for getting for the last two games for not conceding a goal, not conceding anything. <laughs> Which has and been a big issue for us this season. It's been a really big issue. And I think that's you know, as after all the euphoria of the Brighton victory, it was you know, it was like what is gonna happen next? Because we could just crumble from this now because we're so high. When you're that high, you can there's only one way, and that's down. Luckily, we've managed to stay up there by two quite boring but resolute solid performances and I think if a Palace fan takes a look at themselves and he's moaning about it they should really look at themselves because you should not be moaning about this about the position we're in at the moment we've probably got the most points we've ever had at this time in a season in the Premier League we have we've had two two clean sheets we beat our rivals in the very last minute things are looking good yes we as a pod Mm. are there to nick a a look at the individual players and and the squad and and how we play and how we don't play. And yes, there's always things to to talk about and things to get angry about and upset about and question and debate. And yes, we're here to do that. But really, the, the bottom line is, we're actually doing all right this season. We're yeah. actually yeah. doing all right. You know, and it's, I know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be the, the uh, uh, I don't know. The bearer what, of not, good news. Yes, the bearer of good news. <laughs> when we're all weird as well. But I, I just think we're doing, you know, we're, we're all right. We're all right. Yes, of course, we should be scoring more goals. Yes, we want a creative midfielder. Yes, we've got an aging squad. Yes, what we're going to do when Roy leaves. I love all these questions, but really, we should be proud of, of what is going on at the moment, because I, I, I certainly am. And here ends the first lesson. And he's frozen. He was just getting too passionate. He was. His, his, his Wi-Fi wouldn't have it. He'll be back. <laughs> He'll be back in a minute. Oh. Oh, hello. He's back. Jesse James is back. You're back, yeah. Oh, well, I was just ranting on about God and Jesus and things. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we missed oh, we, we stopped we stop, we stop oh, talking no. about Joel Ward. We stopped talking about Joel. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it's all recorded, so you can see, you can actually be able to hear what I was... I was actually giving you all a little critique of your pod skills uh, while I went off air there. But um, anyway... No, I was I I just got a little bit of a rant about how we should be very proud of our club of what we do. Yeah, we are. No, I think you're I think you're bang on. I think you're bang on. Uh, and you know the point about <laughs> this is probably our best of a Premier League season as well. It it doesn't feel like it. No, it doesn't. But, but it is. But it <laughs> no, is. So, so cool. yeah. um, we are going to wrap up part one just at the end. We've got a question from Roy PN, which I think is Roy from the Porsons, isn't it, Kev? I think. It's, it's Roy from my life, from Roy my from history, Kevin's since, life. since I was eleven. He's sent us in a tweet. He said, we can all be picky at times, but let's give Roy some credit tonight. Moved AU centrally, which worked better. Moved Eze left. He'd seemed lost centrally. Mm. Brought in McCarthy, who was excellent. We haven't even mentioned mm. him yet. Gyro had been below par. Brought on Schlupp at the right time. They've all got thumbs up emojis after them. So hashtag respect the point. Uh, so I think that sort of tallies in with what James was saying as yeah. well there, Kevin, wasn't it, really? That... Yeah, well, it, it, it's true, actually. I think that went uh, 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 sort of overlooked a little bit. And Roy's absolutely... I hate saying this, but Roy... Uh, Roy PN rather than manager Roy. Well, in fact, they're both right because Roy Hodgson did make changes last night, and it and it it did work. And I thought it was interesting as well. I'm sure this will come up in the in the question, but when Martin Tyler and Gary Neville were chatting about Hodgson's new contracts, 
they didn't seem as convinced that that wouldn't be on offer as most Palace fans are, which I thought was mm. was interesting. So maybe you know, maybe we are all assuming that Roy's on his way out, and he's he's not. Well, I thought Clint, Clinton Morrison was on the panel on Sky last night, and I thought he um, it was quite nice to have a panelist on who actually knows Palace and wants to talk about well, Palace. Unusual, it doesn't happen yeah. very often, but um, made some good talked very well about Roy. I thought afterwards, sort of. Clinton sort of summed up the fans' frustration quite well, but also said he thinks that Roy probably won't be here, but will, would leave with a lot of Palace fans' sort of best wishes, yeah, and that maybe yeah. then now is the time uh, to move on. We, of course, will see with that. You know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with mm. uh, with Roy, and we're going to wait and see what happens. I mean, we know what's going to happen uh, in in part two. Now we're going to take a very quick break. <laughs> My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to part two of the Five Year Plan podcast. Yay! Sponsored by Eternity Home Finance. For a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios, money, email money, info money. at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. It's a mortgage world. Money, money, money. Lovely. How has it taken you till March? Oh, all the things I could do <laughs> if I had a decent mortgage and protected my money. Welcome to part two. Yeah, we, cha cha cha. We've got to get Endicott out of the house somehow. Lose my mind. Really got to get something. Needs an intervention of some sort. Only a couple of weeks. Only a couple of weeks, James. We'll be out. We can get you yes. in the garden with a neighbour. You'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Anyway, here. It's part two. It's a new feature. We're doing a clip from the Pod Extra, which is available to our patrons. Uh, so this is uh, Adam Sells, Rob Sutherland and Dom Fifield uh, talking about that game at Selhurst against Man United on Wednesday night. So I was critical of the, the Fulham game and I still feel justified in what, I, what was said at the time. However, I think if you go into, if you look at, the performance today and you consider that maybe some of the foundations were set against Fulham with with in terms of just getting it into their heads that this is what we expect you to do when we're coming up against better opponents you know we're not you're, you're not playing against um who was the the midfielder that Fulham had JD that I mentioned uh Harrison, Harrison Reed. Reed Harrison Reed is not Fernandez how did you how did you describe him? I'm, I'm not going to mention it, but I mentioned his he's hair colour. He's a very 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 popular player at Fulham this season, Rob. I've got to oh, tell you, he's that. a very good player. And, don't and get me wrong. Mad, but much as I, I was disappointed, like you, with the attempts at goal on Sunday, when I I was having an, a, an argument with a, a a a an argument a discussion, let's say, with a. Former. It was an argument, Salzy. You reckon so? Do you? Right, you were listening, so um, okay. <laughs> 
uh, over over the Fulham game on Sunday, and I said that Roy's a pragmatist and he'd have looked at the game. And when I, I didn't go on this on Sunday particularly, but when I look back at the team sheets, I think for the 11 players we put out and the 11 players Fulham put out, eight or nine of my choices would have been Fulham players ahead of ours in the game on Saturday. So take the fact that we are third from bottom to one, they're third from bottom, sorry, to one side for a moment. I actually think with all the injuries we've got, they're better than us player for player at the current time. So I don't think it's such a disaster at all. No, and I think I think in hindsight, when you take into account the way that we played against Fulham, and if they then took that blueprint into the Manchester United game, fine, it worked. It, it, it and ultimately, Palace have now had two draws in a row. You know, two nil nil, two clean sheets. We're coming up against a, a Spurs side that are going to be difficult to predict because they sometimes have these great yeah. performances yeah. and then sometimes they don't. So you don't know what you're going to get. But Palace have set some foundations there by you know making the most of of what they've got and and hopefully with Wilfred coming back into the side and then Schlupp as well it just gives us a little bit more opportunity so I, I i feel like i think as i say that the performance today was 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 very very impressive and it it was it was in part down to just players like Cahill and and Kiate leading by example and <clears throat> do you think that do you think that that kind of that those lead, that it's the players that you expect to be leaders that are stepping up that are making the difference. Dom, is that? Do you think that that's something that that is playing a part? Well, I think you've answered your own question there. To be honest, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think, Just repeat I back think, what I, I said. <laughs> leaders, leaders tend to be natural leaders. Um, so, um, well, I just, I just mean in the sense that perhaps over the course of the season, some of those leaders haven't quite led by example, or haven't quite yeah. led as well as they could have. Yeah, that's 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 fair. But I think I suspect that if you ask Gary Cahill, he might turn around and say, "Well, I didn't." get a pre-season my hamstring was ripped off the bone in in july playing chelsea and 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 it's uh didn't denied me the chance to prepare for this season i came came back in and lewis stamped on me and then um when i was getting into some kind of rhythm my hamstring pinged so i think having a run of games and having a well, as it's turned out, a relatively settled back four. I mean, that's 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 two clean yeah. sheets in yeah. a row with the same back four. Isn't it? Um, I think it was only the second time this season that Guiter and Cahill, the second time they've had sorry three matches in the on the bounce, but for the second time this season, which um, if, you know for you, for your leading centre back, if that's if we're on the assumption that you know Tomkins and Sacco um, aren't going to be fit for for the majority of your time, Roy Hodgson will have been reliant upon Gary Cahill being a, a regular and, and he clearly hasn't been for fitness reasons. Um, what has been reassuring is that at 35, he can still do it clearly. He's still got that, that, that brain is as sharp as ever. Again, another, another player that was bellowing instructions. There are a few little communication errors, which was surprising with, with Guiter, but I wonder sometimes, and it's probably down to the excellent gloves that he wears, but sometimes Guiter isn't the most vocal uh, of, of keepers in terms of barking instructions at his centre backs. And there does 
occasionally it does occasionally flare up you they're sort of looking for him to come out and, and and claim the ball at the top of the box and he and he he's sometimes reluctant to do that um but look Cahill was Cahill was superb um Wardy coming through is is one of the the, the nicest stories of the season um you're right. Every time he's written off, every time people assume that his best days are behind him, he seems to to rise up again um, and and excel. I thought he was so rugged and 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 good in the air in terms of of, of, of really making making Marcus Rashford look quailed tonight. He, he he didn't look comfortable playing up against Joel Ward, which which is quite remarkable, really. I mean, you, you can go back to. I think Juan Basaka had a very uncomfortable game against Marcus Rashford playing on that flank very early on in his Palace career. Yeah. That's got to be the most assured that a Palace fullback has looked against Marcus Rashford yeah. at Sellers uh, probably ever. I mean, he just—he—he he really. I know he had that one chance in the first half, but that was it. I was getting um, Manchester United supporting journalists. Um, messaging me during that game saying what is up with Rashford what what is he getting lost in the fog or something what what is going on with him and I think that a large amount of that credit for that goes down to Joe Ward yeah Are your mates from yeah. Surrey that support Man United or not like the Surrey he's, he's from Altrincham but he does oh, now no. live in Surrey yeah I thought so well, apparently tonight, I just seen a tweet, a tweet from the Premier League. Tonight is the first time that Pal- in his Premier League history we've gone unbeaten against Man United in an individual season. So there you go. Oh, yeah. It's 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 one of those things. I think <laughs> dogs say that. <laughs> we we, uh, we don't. Those point. Those bits go under the radar a little bit, don't they? A lot of the time, and I think Roy. Judging by his press performance yesterday and his post-match comments today, he's actually quite keen to uh, level level the bar, level the playing field a little bit and straighten a few things up at this point and uh, and uh, get, get let's say get a few things off his chest. It would seem so. Uh, I, it wasn't lost on me that he made the remark tonight on the TV about we're the only club in the Premier League that's made a profit on transfers since he's been the manager of Crystal Palace and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we're Manchester United are entitled and all this kind of stuff. I had a nice tweet from Crystal Haggis, actually, prior to joining you, telling me that Roy's obviously a big fan of the podcast and he must be listening <laughs> in fairly regularly. Hope he gets a lot of stick over the net spend like I do. Hello, hello, Ollie. Hello, Ollie. <laughs> He's a good guy, is Ollie. Um, it yeah. is one of those things. I think we, we, you know, again, I am holding my hands up. I think Roy did a really good job tonight. I think that the selection was. was I, I th- I've been critical, and I think I've I've been justified with my criticism. But it is one of those things that I think that the performance tonight it showed. You know, we, we keep talking about spells this season where it looked like players were downing tools and maybe they were, but but I think it is it comes down to whether the manager then can regroup those players and make the difference and, and actually get them to do what he needs them to do in order to get the results they need to get. And Palace have now done that. They did that against Brighton. They got the three points against Brighton. We've now had two points, one against Fulham and one against Man U. We're 30, on 34 points, we're probably two points away from 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 mathematical safety really when you consider how many games are left and you know the the kind of depth that other teams are the depth of difficulty that other teams are facing well 
There you go. Uh, you can listen to uh, that post-match podcast and every post-match podcast every week um, at our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast uh, with Dom, Adam and Rob um, each week. Uh, for £3 is the minimum amount a month. £3 a month. What a bargain. Uh, is the minimum amount to sign up and get those pods and lots of other things as well. So go to patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast and look at all the various uh, tiers. Um I'm still thinking about James's intro uh, and little jingle there. And we're actually going to have a break and we're going to come back and we're going to mention Eternity Home Finals again. So will James do it again? We'll find out after this break. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to part three of the Five Year Plan Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he really needs to get out, doesn't he? Uh, sponsored by Eternity Home Finance for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios. Email more info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Are, um, are James, Jack and I actually in this part of the pod coming up? Yes. It's, a, yes, it's a little bit rude to have a whole part of the pod that involves other people from a different pod while we sit here, basically. Or, or as you called them last week, you... rival pod. Rival, yeah, that's right. Which they're very much not. <laughs> rival pod. Rather, sitting here, you get all excited, a little gleam in your eye introducing another pod that you're in that we have to sit and pretend that we've listened to, because of course we're not going to. <laughs> Because I, I know Rob will be looking at planes, sales will be saying everything's brilliant, and we won't give anything away. So it's, that's his sense, three pound a week for that. It's great. That's, be, yeah. that's the best. That's the best way I could have sold the podcast. I'm going to use that as a tagline for next week. That's, that's <laughs> We've got all the bases covered. You plane fans, you positivity fans, everything sorted. Okay, um, this no. is where JD. This is where JD plays ten minutes of the blank podcast. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea um no this is the part where we have questions from our listeners uh and the first question is from andy hill hello andy hello andy and uh, andy says is kevin going to need his ready reckoner piece of paper this season is that what you call it i i would have done a few years back yeah definitely um uh, although it sounds a bit more like breakfast here and I already reckon it, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> that's one for the kids. Um, I, I don't. I, I, I don't think so. I, I think. I think we're. So, what have we got now? Thirty-four points. I think. I think we're one win away or three points away from guaranteed safety. I think, and I, th- I think you can't underestimate what James said before. Whatever. I can't remember which, the end of which part he said it, but we are at technically having our best season in the Premier League so far. So I, 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 we're recording this before Fulham played Tottenham, but even if Fulham beat Tottenham, I think you know Newcastle, Burnley, Brighton have all got things to worry about, but I, I don't think we have. No one's looking at Wolves and Leeds as teams that are potentially going down, and we're only a point behind those. So um, it might be famous last words, but I don't think I will. I will need it, hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, there you go. Um, to be fair, the, the, the two nil nils we've had pr- probably have 
saved us this season. It's not it's not been entertaining, but those last two nils nil nil yeah, probably have taken yeah, us over all, the line. All, yeah. all the points we had before that count as well, so it won't just be those two points. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I think you'll find at the end of at the end of it they work out the number of points you got from each game rather than just yeah. <laughs> I don't know uh, what sort of thing you talk about in your other pod. I don't know if this is the level of research that you do. I don't say much and then I come on here and I just say the exact same thing and I hope that no one notices. And so far, no one has actually, which I think gives you insight into the sort of authority I have on both podcasts, let's be honest. Um, or, or maybe nobody listens to the other one. Or maybe yeah. nobody listens. <laughs> Probably that as well. Um, well he's, got, he's, got a new, he's got a new baseball cap though. So that new baseball cap it's, doesn't it's, get paid uh, for nowhere. It's, it's, it's my lockdown cap to cover up my lockdown haircut. Um, good. Well, to be honest, Kevin, if you're keeping your paper in your pocket, then I think that will uh, keep a lot of listeners feeling quite confident, I think, to be honest. Oh, that's nice to have that in, in, in <laughs> that, pres- that pressure. Um, <laughs> uh, what have we got now? Uh, in fact, actually, lads, I, I might have to do a bit of... Um, another question. Another question. A bit of, lo- a, bit of a question roulette, actually, because I haven't had time to put them into categories. So, um, Enders, do you want to just read out a number between one and oh, 50? And fourteen. Oh, oh, bloody hell! Okay, hang on. And I'll get you number. F- my favourite number. Fourteen. Fourteen. It's my favourite number. JD squad number as well for this pod. Is it? I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fourteen. No, it's actually the amount of pods that JD does. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> spin off daily. <laughs> it makes me sound like a spit off daily. Makes, makes me sound like a cricketer. Um, this uh, anyway. Question fourteen. They call me fourteen from... pod daily. <laughs> that sounds like I do fourteen Oof. pods a day, which actually is not far off. Um, Mark Curry. <laughs> Hello, Hi, Mark who? Curry. Hi, Mark. Was he a Blue Peter presenter? He was, wasn't he? Was he? He was anyway. Mark Curry. Yeah, he was a, Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 was he an ice skater? Was he an ice skater? That was John Curry. Mark Curry. Maybe not. No, John Curry was the oh, ice John, his brother. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, we've built up th- this question. I really don't know why I've gone to it. I do, because it was number 14. Um, what are your favourite yeah. weather-related <laughs> memories at Selhurst? Oh, good question. Mm, that is a good question. Good question. Um, I do remember a game against Chelsea when John Solarco nearly scored a goal, but it didn't because of the mud. In the six-yard box, mm. and the, yeah. the goal. I think it was a. I can't remember what Salako. It might have been the game that Salako was in goal. I can't remember, or maybe yeah. he had a shot. But I remember like the mud everywhere, and it was going to be a goal, and it just stopped in the mud. I remember that. Uh, that's that's my first thought when you talk about weather and Selhurst. Yeah, there was a Kevin Mabbott one as well. Uh, would have been a brilliant goal, but that's against Charlton, I think that stopped in the mud. I remember an away right. game, an away game at Bramall Lane, where the police were furious because it was so foggy. And the police said, "If if you hadn't already been here, the away fans, we would have called the game off." Really? And it's like we kept saying to this one particular club, "It's not, mate. It's not our fault. We yeah. don't make the decisions about whether or not the game." <laughs> we we literally you we couldn't see the other room. We we could only guess what was happening by the amount of noise. It and so we had a chat with the Sheffield United goalkeeper because he's all we could see. <laughs> But, and it ended up, it ended up, nil, it ended up nil nil. But all we heard was a whistle and no cheers. So we thought, oh, maybe we might have got a point here. Basically, <laughs> well, that, that that sounds like the um, there's a Watford game, Jack, wasn't there? About a couple of years ago, was it in the, the yeah. administration season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you couldn't see the Speroni down the far end. Yeah, 
Yeah. Great. I mean, that was just the... To be honest, that was so nervy the end of that season. I wish every game had been that I couldn't actually see it. <laughs> so they were quite... I wasn't there... I wasn't. I wasn't there that night, but yeah, I I, um, I do recall because I think even the goals couldn't really be seen on television properly. Just I think it's one of those that Stern John might have told everyone that he scored a goal, but didn't. You know, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> but he wishes he could have done that about Hillsborough as well. And um, my one is is not a particularly well known match, but um, those that have sat in probably the first ten rows of the Homesdale lower ever will know that if it does start tracking it down, you are at risk of getting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> rather wet and I uh, went to see uh, Palace Portsmouth in the George Burley era era three months and we actually won 4-1 James Vaughan scored a, a hat-trick I think that night um, and a friend of mine I was, um, who had Palace loyalties uh, I got him a ticket and he said oh, get me another ticket um, for for a girl that I quite like and uh, we got there and within about the first 20 minutes uh, she was absolutely soaked and I don't think they saw each other again so uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, have that one. But, yeah, yeah. Jack, Jack uh, you remember that game when the pitch was waterlogged and Joel Ward just walked across it, you remember? Sensational. Uh, <laughs> also performed magic tricks with uh, water and wine, I think, recently. Uh, <laughs> blokes, blokes are legends, honestly. Passing out bread post-match to everyone. <laughs> yes. Post-match banquets are just sensational. I mean, yeah. What a man. What a man. Uh, if I, I, think, I think Joel Ward might have been playing for Portsmouth that exact evening. So there is a Joel Ward... Oh, of course there's a Joel Ward connection. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we're going to have to name this pod after Joel Ward in some way, aren't we? I think that is, that yeah. is the theme for this week. Uh, right, who hasn't picked a number? Kevin, yeah. pick a number. Jack hasn't picked a number yet. Oh, Jack, I answered the first question. Oh, okay. Uh, number 25. I'm just going to pretend to scroll. Oh, 25. Here we are. Um, it's from <laughs> Nick Payne <laughs> Cook. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. He says... He says... Record number of points on the board at this stage of the season. But is it worth dot, 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 this? And then conveniently, question number 26 uh, from Magic Chief 72 says, would you have taken five points and two clean sheets if it was offered to you? However, the drabness of the football. Come on, we all were deep down. Hand bitten off. Red and, hand bitten off it, red and blue blood. Yeah. Well, that yeah. got a bit gory at the end. Um and then Son A, conveniently question number 27, said, um, you hear a lot about clubs talk about the way. Does Crystal Palace have a way? And is it important that we do? Oh, Jack, a lot to unpack there. Oh, cheers. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, the way, the, the, the philosophy, that's it's such a broad subject, isn't it? I mean, I, I was listening to Set Piece Menu, talk about another pod, but Set Piece Menu with Rory Smith and his mates talking about philosophies and whether it's a manager's philosophy or player's philosophy you know Palace are in that position in the Premier League where um, you know thankfully we've had stability with Roy but the prime aim every season is to stay up so we are unlikely to have a manager long enough that will uh, you know embed a philosophy so Mm. I don't know about a Palace way and I think a lot of people throw back to previous eras teams and think that's the way we should be playing with flying wingers and and such but you know we're in our most prolonged period in the top flight in our club's history. So I'm going to take this way if it means that this mm. this continues. I fully get the drabness. Like, I haven't enjoyed many games this season. You know, you can't run away from that. But equally, we are going to stay up with room to spare this season. Like, I, I, I don't really know what the alternative is. If, if, if fans want to consider trips away to Oakwell... Next season, well, they might be coming up, actually. Who knows? They're, they're flying, Barnsley. But, you know, if, if people want trips back to the Championship, then that is the risk that we would take if we were to go 
hell for leather every week as, you know, and he may end up becoming our manager, Eddie Howe, but that's eventually how Bournemouth went down because they rolled yeah. the dice every season with this philosophy of we'll score four, you score three on the odd occasion and we will get enough points to stay up. And eventually their luck ran out last season. And I've said this for, you know, pretty much since the end of Roy's first season. As soon as Roy goes, we are increasing the chances of us going down. And I don't know what the balance is in terms of, you know, drabness versus pragmatism and staying up. But, you know, this this season of all seasons where there are no fans actually in the ground and, um, you know, the financial risks are, you know, so stark, I think it's been managed quite well, to be honest. Like, you know, we're, we're going to stay up comfortably um, and we'll see what the, the summer brings. But, yeah, I, I, I can't really answer about the way because I don't really understand what the way is <laughs> I think I, I I agree 100% with what Jack says about the prime aim is to stay up but I just wish we didn't always play like it was the first time we'd done it yeah. like this was our first season in the Premier League it's just like I just wish every now and again we would look more like we're at home And but I don't know how you do that that's the thing yeah, I don't people yeah. talk about this balance we've talked about nothing else on the pod this season but I don't know how you rectify I don't know whether one more attacking player in midfield makes a difference. I don't know whether another Eze makes a difference. I don't know where the balance lies. It's really difficult. And the thing is, at the I, end, of, and the thing is about you know, if we're in the ground watching the thing is, if we're in the ground watching the game, they never seem as bad in the ground because you've been in the portions for three hours. <laughs> with, well, you but, have. Well, yeah, but you're, but you're with your mates. You're only half watching the game because you're chatting to somebody or watching yeah, someone fall over. So it's only after somebody goes, "Oh, that was a terrible game." But when you're a fan, you kind of go, "No, it's great." There's noise. It was singing that yeah. bit where somebody got fouled. So it's, that's where it's it's starkly underlined watching Palace on telly because there are no distractions. If you're just sitting with with your son or your cat in the front room, and you you really have got time to go, Jesus, this is this is. Four. There's a Lucy Worsley history thing on BBC Four. I might try that for a second, <laughs> and then. But it's, but it is that it brings it. But I I don't think for all that we talk about Palace being, dull, I can't I can't name any game this season. I've watched them tell you that I thought this is brilliant. This is really holding my attention. So I, I'm looking forward to Fulham Tottenham this evening yeah. because you think there's going to be goals in that. But I guarantee you, after half an hour, I'll be thinking, did I take well, points? <laughs> exactly. I will. I will do. I kind of feel I'm obliged to watch it like we yeah. have done with Palace, but. There's, I, the, foot, the football hasn't been as good this season. It's simple as that. No, well, in, my, I, in my head, it hasn't. I, I think that's where, for me, there is validity in the criticism of the, the drabness. In that, you, you know, I don't want to just pinpoint it just on Johan Kabai, but we, you know, to have a player that pivotal to how we played for the period of time he was at the club, and then to effectively just not replace him, yeah, has had an impact on the team. And that's where I think there is, you know, fairness in people saying we're this drab because we haven't properly yeah. replaced valuable players, and I think. This summer has to be the time when we look to address that because you know the the, the turnover is is so obvious. Um, but yeah, it's it's a difficult one in in terms of excitement because there have been lots of games that haven't been particularly exciting this season. But mm. Palace may just have had maybe a few more than other teams have. Had. I mean, I watched Everton Southampton on on Monday and it was shocking. Terrible. But Everton fans yeah. won't care a jot because yeah. it's three points in a game which mm. last season they would have dropped points in. They're still in the fight for the Champions League. We don't have that because we're safe. I think, uh, in fact, I think we're equidistant from Champions League places to yeah. relegation um, as of time of pod recording. So, you know, we we don't have anything to play for, which is why a point at home to Fulham, you know, doesn't really count for much because it, it didn't. Also, I, I don't <laughs> you know. know if you noticed as well, Roy Roy Hodgson. I don't. Know if, I don't, can't remember if it's the end of Sky or the end of Match of the Day Two when he made a point of saying. 
I've still got almost exactly the same squad as I, yeah. as, my, as my first game. He said against the first win against Chelsea. He said, I think yeah. he's, he said I've got he's like got 20, more vocal about that as recently. Yeah, he? he said I've got, I've got 19 of the same players. So he's kind of that's a big heavy hint there saying mm. if you're going to keep me on, I want to bring players in. But that, in a way, James as well that ma- that makes it more. Uh, and this is what sells you always towards it. It makes it more remarkable the fact he has been sort of operating with one arm behind his back in a, in a way because he's just had the same players getting older every year. Yeah, I, I agree. He's, I mean, he's you know we we talk a lot about Roy on this pod and about the legacy, and he will leave a legacy when he goes. And he's a very steady hand, I think, with this aging squad and and this weird season. He's probably the the right person, but I I do think there needs to be a shake up at the club. There mm. definitely needs to be a shake up. I think. I don't think this could carry on for much longer, unless you know, unless he did stay on and the squad was totally revamped over the summer, which I don't think will happen. Mm. I think you know, I um, I I think there needs to be an injection of some energy into the club, uh, whether that be on mm. on the coaching staff uh, or on the pitch, or ideally both. I just think there needs to be something to get us excited again as fans. Look, yes, we are having a good season and we are playing, you know, moderately well. But it's a little bit more than that. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit more than that sometimes. Mm. It's, yes, it is about staying in the Premier League and it is about that. But also, this is, it's a game. You know, it's a game and we want to enjoy it. We want it entertained. Mm. And I'm not expecting us to go out and score six goals every game or every goal to be like a yo-yo back and forth. But I do want a little bit of entertainment, you know. Uh, and I, I love this club and I want them to stay in the top league, but I also want a little bit of entertainment. And I'm starting to... It's starting to grate a little bit that we're not getting that. Because we, we, we always mm. have been entertaining. We've had entertaining players. We've only got one really entertaining player at the moment. Well, two with Eze. Well, and Joel Ward. Yeah, Joel obviously. <laughs> obviously, yeah. But you know what I mean, though? I just think that's, the, that's, the, that's one yeah. of my sort of slight niggles. But I don't, you don't want to go on about it too much because it's just, that's, you know, because what should come first is your club and your club survival. And that is happening. Yeah. But at the same time, I want you know, I want it to be entertaining as well. Okay. well there was just one one question last night from um, uh, or point sorry from Neville to, to Martin Tyler about uh, the kind of the stagnant the stagnation of the squad or the lack of turnover, however you want to describe it. From the game uh, Roy's first win, uh, which was first of October two thousand and seventeen against Chelsea, which was a fantastic win, and, and you know kind of jump started the season a bit. Um, only two players from that starting eleven have since left that yeah. uh, left Palace. Mm, one was Johan Kabai, and I was like, "Who's the other one then?" It was Julian Speroni. Yeah. Wow. So you've Spironi, got two yeah. players, yeah. two players who you know Kabai was probably both retired. Time and, <laughs> yeah. 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 And they since they they both retired. <laughs> so you know you you're, you're looking at um you know uh, a fairly stable set of players, but with that stagnation does become. The, you know criticism and fairness when when things don't move on. I totally get what what both of you are saying, and you know that's that's where the issue is, and and that's where the risk is as well. And yeah. I, I think even if Roy was to stay on, if Roy stays on, you know this isn't going to keep on working. Gary Cahill, age forty two at centre half, is yeah. not going to yeah. keep us up. And, and you know even and, and Wilf, as magic as he is, Wilf, age thirty two, thirty three, won't be enough by himself yeah. to keep yeah. us up. So this 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 pattern does have to stop or at least be altered somewhat. Otherwise, you know, even though it's worked previously, it would stop working, as has been seen at Stoke, Swansea, 
um, and other clubs. So, yeah, um, interesting time to yeah, play. Interesting. The, the last three games as well, talking of Wilf, that's three games that we haven't lost with Wilf not playing, which again is another... But again, it makes us sound like a newly promoted team. We shouldn't be worried about whether Wilf's playing or not. But that is three steps in the right direction that the, the players can go, OK, we've had three games and we've we've not lost. So that's a, that's a good sign. Yeah. And, yeah. and Ken, yeah. if, you'd, if you'd said when Wilf was injured in the in the five games that he'll miss, um, we'll score two goals, but those two goals will be scored with the only two touches you have. <laughs> Brian Fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd take, yeah. I'd probably yeah. have taken that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Joe Ward did Joe Ward did predict that, I believe. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wouldn't anything past him. <laughs> Uh, that stat is interesting, Jack, and that stat is pretty damning and pretty pretty much sort of shines a lot on the main issue at the club at the moment, which we've talked about before. But as James says, I think you can you can be a fan who appreciates where we are and the job Roy's done, but you can also want a, a bit more and know that there might be a change a, a coming. Oh, I went all mm. Bob Dylan there. Um, so I think you can. You don't. They're not mutually exclusive. I think you can be. Yeah, you yeah. can be a bit both. Um, I'm going to end though. Well, we do. Have, we have questions about Mateta, but I feel like there will be more Mateta questions down the line in future weeks. So I'm going to save them for later. But this one on a similar theme is from Michael Phillips. Hi, Michael. Hello, Michael. He says, "My 18-month-old son would rather watch the Wiggles than Palace." <laughs> so would I. In terms, <laughs> Sometimes. In terms of enjoyment. In terms of enjoyment, I'm starting to think he has a point. My apologies if you've never heard of the Wiggles. <laughs> you don't know how lucky you are. It's an Austro- Australian thing. When was the last time Palace were this boring to watch against Fulham, especially? I mean, there's been Kevin. There's been much worse times, surely. I mean, the, the Trevor yeah. Francis times. Oh, you know, yeah, the, I mean, there's, there's been, and that wasn't even Premier League. No, Peter the, Taylor. The, the Peter, Peter Taylor. Taylor. Some terrible dull football under Peter Taylor. Doogie Freeman before Steve Parrish obviously had a word of him. So there's some <laughs> terrible, terrible football under Doogie Freeman and, and other managers. I'm not just picking that one manager for why would you? reasons. No. Why would, you know, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, the fact is, the, 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 factually, these are the. This is the best time I've ever had as a Palace fan. And it's the best time any any a hundred year old Palace fan will have to say this is the most successful we've ever been as a club. But it's just like you kind of would want to just enjoy it a little bit more. I'm, I'm kind of fed up. I'm just fed up coming back to right to the start of the conversation. I'm fed up with hearing people like Martin Tyler say, "Be careful what you wish for," because all all we're wishing for is a, a little bit of entertainment and creativity. We're not we're not asking for much. We're not wishing for the Champions League. You know, that we're not. We're just wishing to every now and again go into a game against Man United and not be treated like it's a cup game, and not not be treated like we're a League One side against Man, a Premier League side. You know. Do you do you think the way that Martin Tyler and Jonathan Pearce on the BBC on Sunday talk about Roy is because of the kind of esteem he's held in the game, and they think that we're almost being ungrateful? That's the that's my impression when they talk mm. about about that. And ne- and actually, Gary Neville then later on in the second half started talking about. Roy and Ray being such good men when he worked with them, and I fully take that on board. They they certainly strike me as good people. But oh, do the, you think there's this air of yeah. you know Roy's esteem which leads to to what some commentators uh, do say? One hundred percent. I think Piercy Jonathan's got the hump with Palace for some reason at the moment because until a season ago he was the most one-eyed commentator going, but he clearly seems to be a bit upset with Palace. But yeah, I mean you can't underestimate Roy Hodgson's reputation. In the game, basically, even though the two biggest jobs he had, England and Liverpool, he didn't do very well. But he's he's got a massive reputation in the game, and and I think there is there is an element of that. 
um, without a doubt. And there is an element of, as Martin Tyler hinted last night, oh, everyone loves coming to Sellers Park because of the fans rather than the, the crowd. But he talked about Roy's way. It's interesting that Martin Tyler put, said, oh, it's not it's not the the four four two of old because Jordan Ayew's playing a little bit behind Benteke. So it kind of is a four four two, but with somebody who's slower than Benteke, basically. But <laughs> it, it's, it is. But that, I mean, that's Roy. Roy's got a massive reputation, but also most people understand that he's a you know, West Brom fans love we've said this before Fulham fans love him yeah. West Brom fans love mm. him Liverpool fans you know Glenn Johnson criticises him openly now still on various media and he didn't do Gen- a good job Glenn Johnson he- sold a toilet seat from a well, big kid you can get yeah. him <laughs> <That's> absolutely <laughs> I'm not having that <laughs> Brilliant. I didn't even know that. Well, brilliant. I'm he learning did, things yeah, today. Yeah. Um, okay, look, I think that's a good time to wrap up uh, Wrap up our questions. Uh, so thank you very much to everyone that sent in questions. Uh, please do keep sending them in. Uh, after the break, we're going to preview Palace's game with Tottenham. Back to uh, part four of the Five Year Man podcast. It's our preview section sponsored by Eternity Home Finance for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios. Email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Uh, Right, James, it's Spurs at home on Sunday. Uh, Spurs are a funny old team. You don't really know what you're going to get. They could be terrible. They could be amazing and blow you away. Patrick Stevens has sent us a question. Go on, Patrick. Is it. Is it a risk bringing Wilfred Zaha back into the team this weekend? We've done so well without him. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, you only really want to bring him back if he's fully fit, uh, because we are so close to uh, securing uh, next season in the in the league. We, you know, mathematically, we're very very close to it. Well, not mathematically, but in terms of getting those thirty-seven yeah. points, maybe or whatever it needs. I wouldn't risk Wilf. I would rather keep him. Uh, until he's 100% fit. Obviously, if he is 100% fit, then play him, by all means, because uh, he does fight stri- f- strike fear into the opposition. And we don't really have anybody like that at the moment. Um, Eze might cause a few problems, but nobody else really. But yeah, I mean, I personally would not play him unless he's 100% fit, because I think we might need him a little bit further down the line. If you, if you think Palace fans are unhappy with their manager, you should check Tottenham... Yeah, exactly. they really, really they hate him. They really don't like the way that they're playing football. Do you know what the thing about Wolf coming back? I was almost more excited about Schluppy coming back last night because yeah. I, I think I've, I've been in and out on him, but I think he, we've really missed him this year. He really does bring some dynamism down that side, and that he wants to go forward and he's strong. So I was really pleased that he was back last night and he came on. But I don't think there's any point ris- risking Wolf in any way. So we don't need to in our situation um, I mean it'd be lovely to see him on the bench but I'd, you know, you'd want to see him coming back against Sheffield United or West Brom really rather than against Tottenham who are quite a physical side you know um, I actually think Patrick's question was, was tongue in cheek but actually I think you guys have made two really salient points there. All right. um, <laughs> uh, we actually haven't Jack Jack, I've just realised we haven't really actually sort of even name-checked some of the other performances last night because uh, Luca, I thought, was excellent. James McCarthy was excellent. We said about Kiate. Ward and Kiate. Um, AU did his running. There was actually a lot of good performances across the board. So I want to get that in before the pod ends in a minute or whatever. It's just make sure that we do reference those guys played very well. Um, I, th- I thought that was Lucas. I thought that was Lucas' best performance of the season last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I he was absolutely, absolutely excellent. Um, and he's taken yeah. a lot of criticism 
mostly from this podcast and most of it warranted. But, you know, when he plays well, we need to recognise that. Um, and if they can put in similar performances, Jack, I mean, really, I, I said to Enders, you don't really know what Spurs team are going to turn up. And as Kevin says, you know, the manager is under massive pressure there at the moment. But they do have Harry Kane back, who always seems to score against us. So it's difficult to predict, really, what's going to happen because he's not quite sure what Spurs team are going to turn up. I mean, it depends on what happens uh, for them against Fulham tonight and Liverpool's two games. But they could be 10 points off the Champions League by the time we kick off on Sunday night with three or four teams between them and the fourth spot as well. So they they really need to get going because otherwise they are in all sorts of bother getting back into the... Well, not getting back into the Champions League because they weren't there this season, but where they think they should be and where they think where players like Harry Kane will want to be playing. Um, so it could be a lot of pressure on them. And as, as you, you've said, you know, the... The atmosphere around the club, not necessarily in the ground, because you can't have fans in the ground, but um, around the club is is not great. They're not happy with um, with mm. Mourinho. It's been rumoured that there'll be a replacement in the summer with Nagelsmann coming in from um, from Leipzig. So uh, you know Mourinho knows that he's under pressure too. And if he doesn't get Champions League players, uh, sorry, Champions League uh, position by uh, the end of the season, would he expect to be kept on? I doubt he probably does. I think he he knows what the um, what the what the uh, mission statement is for Spurs and it's to get them in the Champions League um, and unless they beat the likes of Fulham tonight and us on Sunday they're not going to do it so a lot of pressure on them that said I don't think we will have enough to to challenge them unless they're not quite at it if, if they're at it like they were at parts of the Burnley game last week they should see us off quite comfortably given our lack of threat in the final third um, but if they're not at it as they weren't in the second half when they came to Selhurst in um, in December then there's no there's no reason why we we couldn't possibly um, take something from the game. So, um, yeah, all, all the pressure on them, and it, it's a relatively free hit for Palace. Well, there's a solution. Hodgson goes, Mourinho comes in. It's pretty obvious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He loves Palace. So. Joel Ward, Joel love Ward player coach. Joel, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we should be Joel 50 million quid. We get Son in. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> oh. Play, playing Spurs, though, does, um, does bring us back to uh, Pierre-Emerick Hoiberg perhaps offering the most uh, arrogant post-match assessment I've, I've heard from a Premier League player when, um, after the 1-1 draw in uh, December, he described uh, Palace's uh, enjoyment of playing the best. And I think they were top of the league for about 15 minutes. And they certainly won't be back there anytime soon this season. So, um, yeah. Just to try, if you haven't seen that, please dig it out because you will enjoy that for a good 30 seconds. <laughs> Good. Well, I've enjoyed chatting to you guys for a good hour. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Joining me. Thank you to our listeners for listening. Uh, Thank you to our patrons for supporting us via Patreon. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back next week. Winter game Sunday. So probably Monday, Tuesday, we'll be back with the main pod. The post-match pod will, of course, be up Sunday night. That'll be another late night. That'll be great fun. Um, At patreon.com forward slash FOP podcast. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.